The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. When I was in college, I was on the crew team, which uh, if you don't know what crew means, it's the rowing team. You know, uh, I was in an eight, which is the really long boat, and eights only have oars on every other side, so uh, it's called sweeping. Sculling is when you have two oars. And every single race in my college career, before I really figured out how messed up my knee was and I couldn't row anymore, uh, it, it was 2,000 meters long. And so you would always, in your mind, look out for the buoys that let you know uh, how far you were along in the race. And there were buoys every 500 meters. And because of that, you knew, okay, I've just done 500 meters. I have 1,500 left. And I need to make sure that I'm having a good pace. And then you get to 1,000 meters. And you're like, all right, I'm halfway there. I can do this. And then you get to 1,500 meters and you feel like you're going to die uh, in rowing, you know, that's when you say that you've hit the wall, but that's also when you have to start your sprint and you want to sprint for the last 250 meters, which means that you row your heart out until you hear the beep, which means you've passed the, the finish line. Uh, but also your coxswain will let you know because sometimes there are multiple boats crossing the finish line at the same time as you. And you have that sense of, okay, I know how long this race is going to be. My body has trained for this and I'm ready to go. And then you also have the added adrenaline of competition, which is what happens when you see another boat pulling ahead of you, one seat, two seats, three seats, and you're like, no. And so you're cranking as hard as you can with your arms and you're pushing off with your legs. And you're like, no, I am not going to let them win. And Writing is not like that. <laughs> and I know you're probably like, Kristen, why? Why would you do this to me? You gave me this great story of what rowing is like. And if you haven't been rowing and your your knee is not messed up or your back is not messed up, it's really great. Uh, I would highly recommend it as an awesome form of exercise. And writing is not like that because you don't really have any competition to give you that extra adrenaline boost. And if you haven't written a book before, you don't know how to pace yourself as you go through these mile markers, which uh, I would measure instead of by meters, I would measure them by plot points and pinch points. And so you don't know how to pace yourself. And so if you're just starting out in the writing game, or maybe you do know how to pace yourself and you're just feeling depressed. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of us are struggling with depression right now because we're facing something as a unified world that we have never faced before. And what you can do 
is have mini races. Okay, so we used to have this thing in crew uh, called Relay Fridays. And Relay Fridays made me always have a panic attack because you had to row as fast as you could for 250 meters. And then another person would come up and row. And then that's how you would do the whole thing. And this was done on rowing machines, ergometers, uh, which comes from the Greek word erg, which in ancient Greek means work. So it's a work machine. I just want to throw random Greek facts at you sometimes. So you have this small part of the race, and then you wait, and the rest of your team members go, and then you have another part of the race. And you kind of have to look at writing when, you, when you're feeling discouraged or when you don't know how to pace yourself as a relay where you, you're going to treat, instead of this long race that you're rowing in, you're going to treat your book as these mini races. And what I would say is treat each scene as its own thing. And every time you finish a scene, do something. I mean, uh, have you ever seen Felicity? It was a J.J. Abrams show in the, like, I want to say early 2000s. I don't think it was the 90s. I feel like I was too, maybe it was started in the, I don't know. I feel like 1999, maybe. Um, But in that show, Felicity's best friend, Elena, She's studying uh, to be a doctor, and she's in pre-med. And she gives herself an M&M every time she finishes a scene. And I was thinking about that today because I was watching an Odd Ones Out video with my kids. And they were, uh, you know, of course, James was talking about his favorite candy bars, M&Ms, and people get mad when he says that. And if you know why he likes M&Ms so much, it's a really funny story. And actually, on this podcast, I want to break down his storytelling because I really think that's why he's so successful as a YouTuber, because of his interesting style of storytelling, where even he could take a story about going to the store with his mom to go clothes shopping and turn it into something fun and delightful. So, you know, good good for you, James. You're an excellent storyteller, and I love watching Odd Ones Out with my kids. They laugh so hard. I mean, so hard. Uh, so I, yeah, that, that was like a train of, a derailed train. So, okay, we're talking about James from Models Out because of Elena from Felicity. And we're talking about that because you need to figure out some mechanism that you can use to reward your brain for working hard. And this is something else that James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits. And also, like, if you've ever listened to someone like Pete Vargas or Russell Brunson, they talk about giving their clients quick wins. And you need to give your brain these quick wins because that way you're conditioning it to be able to race for this amount of time. And you can build up endurance to where you're like, okay, instead of just uh, a scene every day, I'm going to try to write a chapter every day. And that is what I am trying to do on days when I write. I will be the first one to admit uh, my my fiction book has taken a backseat to the Write This Way course and book and audiobook, which I am almost finished with all the files. It's such a good feeling. It's also terrifying because that means I have to get out there and actively sell this course, right? I know it's going to help people, though, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, so if you... Like, some people don't want to use candy as an incentive, and I totally get that, and I actually don't do that. What I do is, once I finish my chapter, I let myself have a break to do 
something else. And that could be reading a book that I am stuck on, watching a TV show that I want to watch 15 minutes of. The only thing that I would say about uh, that kind of stuff is set a timer because sometimes I'm like, oh, I'll just watch the show to reward myself for 15 minutes. And then an hour later, I'm like, crap, my break went way too long. Uh, that normally does not happen to me because I guilt myself if I do that. But if you have the tendency to do that, then just set an alarm for your reward time or, you know, uh, maybe go for a walk outside. That's something else that my husband and I do at the end of our work day almost every day is we go for a walk outside and we get to be out if the weather's okay. And we talk and it's nice and there's birds and there's trees. I highly recommend it. So that's one of the rewards that we give ourselves after having a really hard day of work. And also it's good for us because physical exercise, even though we need to do more. And I'm looking into low impact programs because obviously I have a messed up knee and a messed up back. Uh, so yeah, if you have any recommendations for low impact programs for uh, like core strengthening is a really big thing I need and just building endurance, please uh, send those my way. But you need to figure out some sort of system that works for you. And it's good if you have the incentive be something that has like a double positive, like for example, physical exercise, because you feel good and you get endorphins and uh, you, so then you've accomplished two things at the end of the day. But you need to think about what is the thing that I can reward myself with after each scene and take each scene that way. And remember, a scene is like a mini chapter and a chapter is a mini plot, like whole book plot. So your scene needs to have uh, an action and a reaction, just like your chapter needs to have one big action and one big reaction and scenes are split into smaller versions of that. So for example, if you're writing a romance and the character meets her ex uh, at the grocery store, her crying at home uh, eating ice cream is the result of that. So the action of seeing her ex-boyfriend and then the result was that she's uh, crying at home eating ice cream, which I would say is totally acceptable to do. I haven't seen any of my ex-boyfriends in a really long time because first of all, I've been married for a long time. And also I moved away from the place where all my ex-boyfriends uh, still live because they all probably live in California. I don't know. I'm not keeping tabs on them. That was just to say you, you can write your character however they want, but you just want an action and a reaction. And on the scene level, that's fairly small. And then you build up for the chapter and that might be several actions and reactions lead to one big action. And then that goes further into the plot points. And then you have three of those really big things that happen and three really big reactions. And the last reaction uh, is the peak and it's slowly gonna go down then for the conclusion so that your reader feels some kind of satisfaction. Or if you wanna write your reader up into a cliffhanger, you know, I would say good luck with that. Uh, unless you're going to rapid release all your books because that irritates readers. Uh, if you don't have the next book out already and you do that, they're going to be like, oh, man, they'll buy it right away if you have it out. But if you don't, they'll lose interest and forget that they even cared about that story. And you better believe they're not coming back for any of your other books. So, yeah, that's just a personal commentary on something that I've found 
uh, that I am irritated by, and I've talked to other readers about that. So I'm not a really big cliffhanger fan, but write your scene, have the action, have the reaction, do your reward, whatever that is. Maybe it's having a cup of iced tea. Maybe it's going for a walk outside. And then set times when you're going to do that. Uh, for me, I want to be writing every weekday. That's how I start on my morning is I write. I can't do podcasting in the morning. I tried it. And, uh, you know, if you go back and listen to some of the episodes where I was experimenting, I sound so tired and just like kind of boring. I figured out I needed to wake up my brain first. And so I can write and wake up my brain and be funny on paper without as much energy as being like alive and uh, interesting for you when you're listening. So you just need to get your system down and then you can leverage that into training yourself to be able to write more. And I know some people are up to writing, you know, three, four, five chapters a day. Uh, I don't typically do that. I have done that before during NaNoWriMo in November. I am not participating in NaNoWriMo this year. However, I'm going to be doing a prep show and I'm going to be cheering you on. Uh, I just can't. I can't do it this year. And also my 15-year wedding anniversary is coming up and that's in November and my husband and I are actually going to go away and basically have our honeymoon that we never got to have. So yeah, I mean, you know, with COVID, we have to be very careful, but it's going to be good. We're going to be together. And I know that if you follow this writing training method, which maybe I'll even write a course about that, uh, you will build up your endurance to writing and it won't seem, it won't seem so intimidating to you. And then you'll be able to pace your race correctly based on your writing goals. And I'll do a follow-up episode to this where I talk about uh, plot maths, where I I explain this in uh, Write the Perfect, Read the Fiction edition, where I talk about how I figure out all the different things. And I did talk about that, actually, uh, in the Writer's Fiction Workshop, episode one. If you want to go listen to that, I talk about the maths. But I will probably do a follow-up episode where I go more into detail about how that applies to my day-to-day writing, because I didn't really break it down into writing goals for each day when I did that episode. So remember, you can start small and then build and pace your race and you're going to get this. And I completely believe in you. And also it's never too late to write the story of your heart. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. <laughs>